Hi, Mamas. We are here today with a special guest. Her name is Summer Peterson, and I'm so excited to have this conversation with her because um, this is the first doula I've had on my podcast, and she's a certified doula, and she's had um, six perceptuous births. She told me that term. She'll go into that if I pronounce that right, Um, but we have her on here, and she is a mom of a six-year-old little boy. And she has a lot of different experiences. She wants to be an advocate for trauma-free birth. And um, she is an advocate for trauma-free birth. And she's a childbirth educator. So we're going to unpack as much as we can and get into it. But I also wanted to touch on, um, we were having a conversation prior summer. And um, you had mentioned, because September was, for everybody who doesn't know, um, suicide uh, awareness suicide prevention awareness month so um she was impacted by this because her younger brother had passed from suicide um so me and summer talked before and we're just gonna have an organic conversation and she's gonna touch a little bit on how that's impacted her so do you want to start with about your younger brother and talk a little bit about him and um kind of help raise awareness to other moms or people that have been impacted know someone that is happy or um I'll let you kind of take it away <laughs> okay awesome yeah um so really quickly I just just want to say so my last name it's Pedersen um Pedersen I'm so sorry it's okay <laughs> everyone gets it wrong I should have told you before it's totally fine there's no yes, T but... why did I see Peterson I'm so sorry <laughs> no everybody does it you're totally fine but just for anyone listening yeah it is Pedersen and um and it is precipitous birth So, and I know we'll get into that later. Um, So, yeah. So my brother, his name is Joseph and um, we're coming up on, it'll be four years on October 29th that he passed away. Um, But I think one of the, the big lessons that I learned is that um, we can always do better with our loved ones because we had no signs, no idea, like all his friends, like just nobody had a clue that there was even anything going on with him. And um, so we don't really know, you know, what, what happened, what led to it. Um, but just, you know, to always check in with your loved ones more, be better, take the time to always say I love you and to spend time together um, fights are stupid, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, you're going to resolve things when you can, because you never know when you're not going to see someone again, where they're not going to be around and you don't want to have those kind of things. So, um, just, you know, so there's just silly things that sometimes still bug me. I mean, we were all really close in our family and I think that's part of why we all took it so hard. Um, but when he called, he called the night before to talk to my son because it was his birthday and I was visiting with some other family. So I didn't answer. I just, well, I mean, I answered, but I passed it right to my son. And so I always look back and I'm like, why didn't I just take a second and say, hi, how are you? I love you. And um, so, you know, just so that you don't live with regrets, just always try and make the most of time with your loved ones and just check in on them. And, you know, we all struggle with things that we don't always talk about. And so just maybe taking that extra time to let people know you're there. 
for whatever they may be struggling with. Yeah, I think it's hard because, you you know, a lot of people do have loved ones that pass and they wish they would have said this or done this. But, you know, just like, you know, like from a spiritual intuitive perspective, like, you know, like they don't go when they pass, they're not there with regret. They're not there with right. like anger and being angry at people like they know what you felt and maybe your son needed to be the one to talk to him you know to comfort him and whatever it was that he was going through and having whatever thoughts he was having you know and um for anyone listening that does have those thoughts like you are not alone and you know there are there you will there is somebody that you can call there's a number that I'll put on here um after this podcast but you know, like, it's it just, you never know, like any of the happiest person walking around that has a smile on their face every day could go be going through something dark. So I know there's like campaigns on, on TV sometimes that say just, you know, send a text. How are you? You know, so something so simple. So yeah, yeah. I mean, do ch- check on your loved ones. So is um, because I know you mentioned that you mentioned it on your Instagram before and you are open about it. Is that something that, um, like, how does that come into play with you becoming a doula or what you, what path you're on right now? Like, how does that impact you, like, or inspire you or what, whatever it is, how does that come about to fruition in your everyday life with knowing that with your brother? Um, you know, it's interesting because, so I did my doula training in, 2018 in March and then he died that October and so um and I had a birth you know right after in December for a friend of mine and so that was you know you're just carrying a lot of emotion around and being a doula is um there's an emotional aspect to that as well because you really um care about the well-being of, you know, the mamas that you're serving. And um, so there's just, there's a lot of emotion that goes into it. And then, you know, obviously people talk a lot of times about, you know, life and death that, you know, the cycle. And so um, just thoughts and feelings of him come up a lot throughout that. Um, But trying to just keep moving forward. That's again, (laughs) a, a long time. To, um, and it's still it's still a process of journey um, of course mm-hmm. so and I'm trying in years past I'm like October I've kind of always like fallen off the wagon and it takes you know a while to get back on it and I'm like no I need to try and not do that this year so I'm trying really hard to keep it together um, but I don't know that it you know directly impacts my work other than that it's just there and that it's made me um, maybe more open emotionally, more empathetic. I just, I think I feel a lot more and a lot deeper and just relate to people's feelings and try to be more understanding. So I think it opened me up in that way to really just be able to connect with people, people more and just understand the struggles that we all go through. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard because like you want to understand it, you know, but it's like, it's, something that is just you people like when you lose someone you don't know how to move on sometimes at first but then you um the way from people that I've lost in my 
in my life. Um, some, you know, from natural causes, some from freak accidents and just, just crazy things. Um, it's, I use them kind of as my way of saying, well, you know, I am going to kind of have them vicariously live through me. So, you know, what I do and what I put out and, you know, I'm going to do it for them. So I'm sure that's kind of where you come from, you know, and it's hard, I'm sure some days and it's just, yeah, like it, I think we all have kind of been through something, some, maybe not exact, but similar, you know, or we've all lost somebody close to us or, you know, so thank you for sharing that though. I know. Um, and I'm sorry for your loss, you know, with your your younger brother. And do you see, like, I'm curious though, on the spiritual side, you know, like I said, my podcast is spiritual and motherhood. Um, do you see your son reflect things that are similar to your brother? Like, does he mimic anything that you think, oh, like that's something my brother would have done or, (laughs) Um, you know, it was interesting. I'm trying to, I think there was, cause I actually have six kids. Um, oh, okay. so, um, I'm trying to remember which kid it was <laughs> that was doing something not too long ago. And, um, they were just, they were reminding me of him and he was such a good uncle. And, um, my four older kids were who he had spent more time with cause my two little ones were younger, um, and they just adored him and he was so sweet. He would take them out and do things with him. Um, so just sometimes though, yeah, some the mannerisms or something that he did, I don't remember mm-hmm. what it was that I was like, Oh, that reminds me of Jojo. <laughs> so you have five older ones then too. Yeah. So yeah, I have baby six and then my oldest, she's 18. She'll be 19 in January. Okay, awesome. If you or someone you know is thinking or contemplating suicide, please get help immediately. Please dial the crisis text hotline 988 or text the line 988. Please go to the hospital if someone is telling you that they are contemplating suicide or thinking about suicide. Do not wait. And if you are the one that is thinking about those thoughts, please get help. You are not alone. We're going to kind of transition a little bit, but um, why don't you tell us like, what is a doula exactly? Like, what does that mean for people that don't know what that is? Okay. So a lot of times people um, confuse doula and midwives or they might, you know, think they're similar, do the same thing. And so, you know, midwives are the trained professionals that can deliver the babies and doulas are, um, they're kind of there during the pregnancy too, but where we really come in is we're labor and birth support. Some people say birth coach, um, but we are just there to kind of help guide you through the labor and birth process be a support for you emotionally to help you, you know, physically with different comfort techniques. And then ideally it's happened during the pregnancy, but, you know, education wise and kind of giving you the tools that you need to know things and then to be able to advocate for yourself during your labor and surgery and um, yeah, just kind of helping you figure out what you want 
to do for your birth if you need any kind of guidance. Okay. And then what does a doula certification kind of look like for someone that wants to try to do the same process? Okay. So it just depends um, because you don't have to be certified to be a doula. You know, you just take a training and then, so that's kind of cool. As soon as you're trained, you can work as a doula. So it just depends. And there's a lot of different doula agencies out there right now. And so it's going to look different between every agency. Some have you read books and then write papers and then attend a few births and then get referrals from some, um, you know, maybe nurses at the birth or the midwife or things like that. Um, so it could be that. Some groups just have you do like a comprehensive test and maybe meet with like the founder or do like a Zoom. So it's just, there's all kinds of different things. Sometimes you have to attend so many births, sometimes not. So I would just say there's a lot of different doula agencies and just to look into them and see which ones kind of align with the way that you look at birth. And um, something cool is that states are starting to pass, um, have bills where doulas are covered during, um, are with like Medi-Cal, different things like okay. that. Awesome. So yeah, California's is going to be starting in January. So if you have IHP, Molina, Medi-Cal, any of those, you will be able to get a doula through that. That'll be covered. And so that's really exciting. And so we're, they're still kind of figuring things out. So we're not exactly sure what the qualifications will be to um, be a provider with the state, but that is something that is going to be coming. That is really exciting. So that, that's amazing. That's, yeah, I mean, it's people. a step in the right direction, you know? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so more mamas will have access to doula support, which just helps improve birth outcomes a lot so it's really exciting I kind of want to know like your first experience like seeing a live birth like what was that like for you okay so I need to think which was my first one after (laughs) (laughs) yeah bye (laughs) um okay so I believe it was my sister-in-law Chauncey I think that was the first one that I did. And so it was actually before I was trained, but um, I was just there kind of from my own experiences, just there to, you know, support her and help her through it. And um, she's this tiny little thing. So it's like, you know, how does a baby come out of you? (laughs) But um, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it's just, it's amazing every time. And then from people I, you know, my sisters or people I've talked to who have, because they were there for my birth. So just anyone who witnesses a birth it's it's just amazing it's hard to keep your emotions I <laughs> you bet. yeah not just become overwhelmed even as the doula it's like I'm there you know to help these moms I'm you know involved and invested so I try not to lose it but it's hard to just not become yeah, overwhelmed with emotion when a baby's born it's just this amazing miraculous beautiful moment well, because a lot of times you're there during the pregnancy stage, right? So, like, you kind yep. of get a relationship with the mom and then, you know, kind of by association, the baby already, because you're, you know, guiding them and helping them with tips and resources. So, 
Um, yeah. That's really awesome. It, what like kind of made you want to become a doula? Um, what made you think about this is, you know, the kind of the path that I want to go and this feels right for me? Right. Okay. So it's funny. I've always been interested in babies and birth. Um, since I was little, like one of my first memories is going to the hospital for when my baby brother was born. And so um, I've kind of just always known what birth was. I remember in one of a, a doula thing we did, they talked about how everyone kind of knows when they realize what birth was, or everybody kind of has a story. And I was like, wow, like I've just kind of always known. And so I've always had this deep, love and interest like even as a teenager I was watching like baby story and all those things <laughs> reading baby books and but I didn't know what a doula was that wasn't something that was really in the books or you know um, utilized too often so it was after I had um, my baby so my first one came at home it was she was really fast <laughs> we were going to do it at a birth center but um, that's you know the precipitous birth part um, but with my second baby, I was able to do it at the birth center and they had doulas there on staff. And so that's kind of when I was like, Oh, doula. And they're so awesome and amazing. And they just having them, a few of my births definitely made a lasting impact on me. And, um, I was just like, wow, you know, that's something that I want to do too. I, love birth but then having been through it and then actually realizing like oh my gosh how much I needed that extra support to get through mm -hmm. in certain moments just I'm like yeah I don't know what I would have done so being like you know I want to make sure that everybody who goes through birth has that support with them but nobody has to feel alone or unsupported mm -hmm. um, so yeah it kind of came from that and then it just took a while for me. I looked into it for a long time, but just with having my own younger, you know, babies at home and then I homeschooled them too. So it was just like finding the to get away and do the training. And so finally I was able to do that four years ago. My baby, I think it just turned two or one and a half. I don't remember exactly. Um, I think he was one and a half, but I was like, okay, I'm going to go do something for myself now. Like I'm going and doing this. And, um, yeah, and it was awesome. It was amazing. It was great. I met some amazing ladies who are my soul sisters and oh, that's so, awesome. yeah, it's been, it's been great. So what makes it a precipitous, precip sorry, what's that word? It's okay. Yeah. It's a different <laughs> word. Precipitous birth, which is, okay. Precipitous so I birth. hadn't even heard that term, right. Even though I'm here having these like kind of births, like I, still didn't even know I didn't know it's like a thing before I had babies um so a precipitous birth is when you have your baby with less than three hours of active labor oh wow okay yeah so, so all six of your your babies were under three hours yeah how did you make that babies. happen <laughs> I know it's crazy right but how can we have all moms do this but I mean it's nuts <laughs> But yeah, I think between the six babies, I think I have had less than nine. It's like eight or nine hours of labor total. So, I mean, it sounds really nice, but it, you know, it is really intense mm -hmm. um, because you basically just go 
from zero to a hundred really quickly or like right away with my first one, it was just like, boom, (laughs) it just all happened at once. Mm -hmm. And then she was born like an hour later on my bedroom, (laughs) on the bed in my bedroom. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so I'd never even heard the term. I didn't, you know, they always tell you, you know, your first labor is going to be like 24 hours, expect that. So I expected weeks late because I was just preparing so that I wouldn't, you know, get antsy. I'm like, I'm going to be two weeks late and I'm going to be in labor for 24 hours. And it's funny because my mom always did her makeup first. She has like these beautiful pictures <laughs> after she has her baby. So in my head, I always had like, gonna have makeup on too and so with my first it was I was just sitting on the bed and it was interesting because I actually like felt my baby like she like smacked into my pelvis which I've heard other people have also kind of had that experience but like and that hurt and that didn't didn't happen the same with all my other babies and then there was like a little pop and my water broke but with her like smacking into my pelvis that just like triggered the contractions or um, birth waves, if you're using, you know, gentle birth terms. Um, And they were just like, boom, right away, like transition. And so I thought it was like beginning labor. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the biggest wuss. Like I cannot take 24 hours of this. And like, there's no way I can put makeup on. (laughs) It was it was crazy. And at first, you know, I, well, and so my husband, I called him in like through like agonizing pain. And I was like, I either, you know, my water broke or I peed myself. And he was like, Oh, I think you probably just peed yourself. And I was like, No, I think it's my water because I still have to pee. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I was able to hop up and, you know, go, go to the bathroom really quickly. And then it was like, yeah, boom, like it came back in and it was just like contractions after contraction we're getting ready to head out to the birth center and then it was just like I could started to feel like the baby actually moving down my pelvis and then you know the pressure in your butt is something else that people don't really talk about Mm -hmm. or it's kind of like in passing like oh you might feel pressure there and I just was not prepared for that at all so like I kind of freaked out because I didn't know what was happening either like things were just happening so fast but it was just, you know, her moving down, like, yep, it's a lot of pressure down there. And, uh, and then my body just started to push her out. So that's also, there's a term for that called her FDR, fetal ejection reflex. And then there's also another term. It's, I think it's the same. Um, it's just more of a gentle birth term. Um, so your body will just like push your baby out on its own. And so ideally too, that is what we would like moms to experience where, you know, you're not pushing for two, three hours. It's like, it, you know, everything, the cascade of hormones and everything happens, right. Your body will push your baby out. So it was like, we, at, you know, some point since I freaked out, I was like, call they one one. And they're telling me to keep my legs closed. And my mom walks in and she's like, what's happening? And so, yeah, it's like you open the legs and then, yeah, my body, I was like trying to hold her in like, and no, my body just pushed her right out. She said, nope. She's like, I'm ready. (laughs) Yep. And she's never stopped, never slowed down since. (laughs) So it's funny you say that because that's the same with my oldest. Like, um, but she, I was in labor for, I think like about like act 
active labor, about eight, nine or hours or something, but the, they put me on Pitocin too. So I always say now that I highly recommend people to do their research on Pitocin because, um, I had to advocate with my last one that I was like, nope, I'm not getting it. I don't need it. I'm not getting it. Um, granted, I had preeclampsia with uh, my first, so there was more of a need for it. And, um, you know, I mentioned it before, but those that don't know, preeclampsia basically is like signs of high blood pressure, protein in the urine, and um, what's the last one? There's one more that's supposed to be um, indicator. Um I'm blinking out, but um, yeah, so I had preeclampsia. So that's why they gave it to me to speed up the labor because it's very dangerous, you know, for mom and baby. And, um, but yeah, she like, the nurse came in and checked me and was like, oh, you're not ready yet. And on then I was like, no, I could fill her head. And then she, she's like, okay, I'll check you again. And she'll, oh yeah, don't push, don't push. And like, so I, yeah, when those babies are ready to come, they're ready to come. They don't exactly. wait for nobody. <laughs> really quickly, you know, you can, which is why, you know, cervical checks really aren't the greatest indicator of labor because yeah. you could go from zero and then, you know, boom, you can go into labor and things happen really quickly. Or you can be walking around at a three or a four for a week or so. So those aren't really the best indicator of labor because yeah, just sometimes things just shift really quickly. It's crazy though. Yeah. Like every baby is so different too. Like my first was like that. And then my last one, I literally was 40 weeks in a day or two over her due date. So it was like, she's just hanging out, you know, but. Well, and thing else is that, yeah, babies tend to come when they're ready. You know, we don't know exactly what, causes that um you know obviously there are some babies that come preterm you know that's an exception mm-hmm. but usually babies come when they are ready to come when the right things have happened and your due date is really more of a guest state you know some babies develop quicker than others and maybe at the end their lungs just got finished developing or their body's just waiting to put on mm-hmm. a you know, weight like we don't really know exactly or maybe it's just waiting you know for mom to come to peace with like okay I'm ready for this to happen um so yeah we really need to you know moms it's like I know when you hit that 40 week mark it's like oh I need to get this baby out but (laughs) yeah really give yourself to at least that 42 week mark unless there's you know a medical reason where your doctors are like you know we need to induce but really we need to be more careful with um with the inductions they really happen way too often yes and I mean I loved my doctor you know for I had the same doctor for all three but at the same time like I am not trying to you know negative talk on him or anybody but I feel like a lot of times and I actually considered a doula but I never pursued it because I was like not sure and then because of my first experience I was like you know do I want to be at the hospital or not but that's why I like to have you as a guest because it's really shedding light on, you know, for moms that maybe don't feel comfortable, like just going to the hospital by themselves, they can have someone advocate for them. And um, for me, I didn't really find my voice to advocate for myself until, you know, with my last baby, because you think, oh, they're telling you this and that you have to do this, you know, but um, yeah, inducing, I feel like is, like really common to try to like 
not always the case, but I feel like most cases, like they want to try to rush shit so that way they can, you know, get to their next patient, you know? So um, that's the hard part about, you know, like when you're not knowing what options you have or people that can help advocate for you. So with your experiences, like how do you kind of, um, like when someone first meets with you and like wants you to be their doula, like what does that kind of look like? Like what is your kind of methods of helping them through to have a trauma-free birth? What Like what does it mean to be a trauma-free birth advocate? Like what kind of tools do you use, I guess? Okay. So um, when we meet, I mean, we obviously just, you know, we talk for a little bit. They might have some questions. But because you want to make sure you're a good match too, just personality or energy wise, because mm-hmm. they have to feel safe and comfortable. So there, you know, obviously is a little bit, you know, of an interview and question process. And then if they decide to move forward, then we'll have, you know, a few prenatals. And so ideally also, I mean, they could do it with me or elsewhere, but if it's your first baby, you know, you're doing some childbirth education. So you just, you understand what's going on with your body and what's going to happen during the labor and birth process. But, um, you know, teaching them just some tools like, excuse me, uh, BRAIN is an acronym that we like to, um, some doulas like to use with moms. So the B is, um, you know, benefits, then risks, alternatives, intuition, and then the N could be need time or do nothing. And so for, you know, any of the medical procedures or things that are suggested or that might happen, you know, kind of going through that, like you said, like with Pitocin, you know, what are the benefits to me at this time if they're suggesting it and then what are the risks um are there alternatives and you know how am I feeling about it and you know what if we do nothing because sometimes it's like yeah if we just do nothing you know it might take a little bit longer but that's okay but yeah so kind of weighing the risks to the benefits and then I think huge we don't talk about enough is education you know we just think like oh I'm pregnant and we kind of just in society it's like we're just along for the ride and we just kind of enjoy it but I don't know if you know it happened with modernization and kind of men coming into the birth world but I think as women we've kind of just forgotten a lot of birth and our intuition and to trust our bodies and And then with all the medical things they do, it's like, you know, we just say, oh, the doctors recommend it and we just do it. But we don't know anything about them. You know, like the glucose drink, the diabetes drink that they have you do is terrible. And it has in it that are outlawed in our band in Europe. But it's like, we're drinking that when we're pregnant. And, you know, I think that's- I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, that's what gave me gestational diabetes with my last, because I think I had done it I didn't do it with all my pregnancies, but I think maybe three or four of them. Cause yeah, with my midwife, they just have you eat. It's like you drink a glass of milk and have a glass of orange juice, have a piece of toast. And I think it was an egg. And so it's like, we can naturally have our bodies um, do, you know, a glucose response without drinking this crazy drink. It's like, yeah, thing you don't even question. And then, you know, the things they do with your newborns after like the eye ointment mm-hmm. and, um, 
different shots, Pitocin, just so many different things that it's just like, oh, you know, you just don't even, it's like if my dog. Yeah, you go with the flow because you can, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I mean, and I don't mean to interject, but how would you, okay, if someone, let's say they don't have a doula, you know, and they are being recommended so many things and they do their research, they don't want to do it, but they're afraid to kind of say something I think that sometimes they think that they have to. What would you say, like, as far as their rights, like, to have it help them advocate for themselves? Okay. So you are in control of your birth. You are in charge. You get to decide what you want and how you, you know, how you birth. And so obviously you need to be comfortable with your decisions, but you get to decide and the doctor works for you. Um, so you can fire the doctor or midwife if you have one in the hospital or just anywhere, you know, at any time, especially if you're in the hospital and you're not happy with your doctor, you know, even if you're in labor um, or the nurse, if somebody is making you not feel safe or comfortable or, you know, every time they come in, your blood pressure spikes or something like that, you can ask for a different provider that is totally within your right to do that. That's awesome. Yeah, because I mean, I think that people just need to hear that, you know, because sometimes, like, I mean, for myself, like I said, I didn't really speak up and with the Pitocin until the, my last one, because okay. even with my second born, they gave me Pitocin, but there was no need for it. And yeah. she actually, actually had, um, and I'm not saying this was a cause, but I believe in my heart that it, mm-hmm. um, that at the end, she like started um, suffocating inside no. and they had to give me an oxygen mask to give her oxygen because she was still um, inside me. And then when she came out, she was literally on me for like maybe a few seconds. And then she started turning the bluish gray color where literally like a whole like 10 no. people for me and 10 people for her came in rushing in. Oh, from, um, they're ready to take her to meet you because she wasn't breathing, I guess. And I still to this day don't know exactly what happened because, you know, they kind of like brushed it off. Okay, you know, she's fine now. Here's your baby. And, you know, you're tired. You just pushed out the baby. You're not really asking questions because you're just like thankful that she's breathing. Right. But yeah. I still think that because um, I done my research on Pitocin and it does <laughs> because it speeds up the contractions, yep. you know, I know you know this, but mm-hmm. for those that don't, um, because it speeds up the contractions, it very much well can cause a baby to um, suffocate almost because it's like, almost if they, someone can imagine like walls pushing in on you. And that's kind of like what's happening to your baby, like, and it's kind of squishing them a little bit. It's like, so I think, and I believe in my heart that the Pitocin really did, because like I said, my birth was fine. My pregnancy was fine with her. And then um, literally after that, when she come home, she would choke on her saliva like all the time. And I would be up anxiety ridden, like watching her because I couldn't sleep because I was worried that she would, you know, not be able to breathe again. So, and that lasted a long time. So again, I don't know for a fact (laughs) that it was caused by Pitocin, but um, after doing research on it, I really believe that. So with my last one, I was like, no. And they had me sign a paper that I was refusing and I didn't care. I was like, no, I'm not doing Pitocin. (laughs) Yeah. So 
Thank you for yeah, saying definitely. that. People can, if they don't feel comfortable with something, yes, they can say no. <laughs> yes, you can say no. And definitely, mm-hmm. like I said, I mean, you, the time really is to research before because if you haven't and you're in those situations and it's, you know, you're going to just kind of give in. And there are times, like it's, that's why we do, you know, the, the brain, the acronym, because there are times when, yes, maybe the Pitocin is beneficial, it's needed, but it, yeah. comes, it comes with risks. So be aware of those. And then, you know, you get to decide. And like you were saying, they, the big one is that it does, it takes your contractions or your birth waves to a different level. So they're stronger and they come more frequently. So your baby is not getting the break that they need either. The same that it's exhausting for mama where, where most mamas are just like, give me the epidural. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. it just, it takes it to an unnatural place that is hard on both of you and so it definitely can cause issues I've seen and yeah almost all of my Pitocin births there there are issues that come up so I definitely so it's a lot of risks that you just need to be aware of and you know not every time and it's not fear-mongering I see a lot of um people complain when you try and educate about things and they just come go, oh the fear-mongering it's like oh it's not fear-mongering to just educate people who don't know and right there's always going to be, you know, the good stories and then there's the bad stories. And, you know, so everybody has their story, but we, you know, we need to hear both sides so that people know and can decide what is right for them and, you know, best for them and their baby. Yeah. I always say have a birth plan, but be flexible with it changing. (laughs) So birth is unpredictable and there are no absolutes. And so, Mm -hmm. yes, have, you know, those best, best plans and, you know, prepare yourself and be, you know, positive, um, do what you need to do, but yeah, be flexible. Cause you just, you never know. So I don't want to keep you too long. Um, but I just wanted to, if there's anything that, um, you want to leave mama, I just wanted to give you kind of the floor to go ahead and share whatever you think that moms need to know. Okay. Well, I definitely think that your birth is not supposed to traumatize you. I think that if we do birth right, um, it connects you to a deep um, divine part of yourself. Um, So you, it's definitely transformational and you find this, you know, deep primal power within you. And so your birth is not meant to traumatize you and it happens to far too many women And, um, I know a lot of birth workers are seeing that and fed up because there's lots of us posting about it. So I think the best thing, you know, for now to do, to change that is we really have to, you know, as mamas step up and educate ourselves and know, you know, what we want, the way that birth is meant to be. And you obviously get to decide where you birth and what you want to do. But if you've considered, you know, home births or or birth centers, definitely look into them more. They are totally safe if you're a low risk pregnancy and they're amazing and beautiful. And I think you just, you get to learn a lot about yourself. And I think you can in any birth situation, hospital births are amazing. I've seen some mamas just fight through some situations and I'm, I'm in awe. I mean, on if any woman who goes through pregnancy and birth, they're all, you're all amazing. And, um, but yeah, your birth doesn't have to, even if, you know, you've had that in the past, 
um, you know, you can kind of reclaim your power if you're able to have, you know, an, another, their moms who've had, you know, horrible experiences and then with subsequent children change mm-hmm. that, had great experiences that were healing. And even, you know, maybe if you're not able to have another baby, I know there are things that you can do to kind of heal through that birth trauma, but that doesn't, doesn't have to be that way. And I think just making sure that you have your voice and your power and that you get a say a lot of times, just having that say in what is happening, um, just makes you feel, um, will keep you from feeling that way. It's like, I had no choice and this and this happened, but knowing that, you know, I kind of got to be in charge of my birth. I think also is something that will, will really help you. That's awesome. Um, so for those that want to look for you, Summer, like as a doula, um, where can they find you on? Okay, so right now um, I have my Instagram. So it's Precipitous Birther. Um, and I'm still working on my website. But so if you, you know, follow my Instagram, you'll get to see when I launch that. And then, um, so that's kind of my birthy stuff. If you are kind of interested in more like natural healing, holistic, just healthy lifestyle type things. Um, I also have an Instagram called in the pink living, which just means living optimally and healthy and living your best life. And, and if you want to email me for birth, I have, um, in the pink birth. So it's kind of at gmail.com the same, just birthing, you know, optimally the best way possible. I think that's, and that's going to look different to everyone, what your optimal birth looks like. But I, you know, I'm help, happy to help you in, you know, finding that. And it has nothing to do with what I think about birth. It's the way you want to birth is what matters. So that's my goal. Thank you so much, Summer. And I will definitely um, include those for anybody who wants to look her up on the show notes or on my social media posts. So please do um, follow Summer Peterson. Um, Peterson. Oh, my God. It's okay. 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 Peterson. Summer Peterson. (laughs) Okay. I'm butchering her name, you guys. So, um, but yeah, so find Summer Peterson on um, her Instagram and what she included as well as her email. I'll include those. So thank you again, Summer. And I hope that we can have you as a guest another time. I know we um, went through a lot of stuff and exciting things. So um, again, thank you for sharing all that you did with me. And I hope you have a good rest of your day. Yeah, thank you so much. This was great. Okay. Bye, mamas.